0: Your host Liz Ochoa. Welcome to the Wellness Wednesday Roundtable presented by the Health and Wellness Council. The Health and Wellness Council is an education, promotion, and advocacy group focused on bettering holistic student wellness at CRU. Part of this mission is to learn about health and wellness and share student experiences, so we created the weekly Wellness Wednesday Roundtable. The Wellness Wednesday Roundtable is a platform for all student voices every week we will be sharing and focusing on a different wellness issue. Sexual violence prevention, black student experience, substance abuse, and so many more designed to highlight perspectives of student stakeholders. This week we are focusing on mental health at Crew. So before we begin, a couple of brief campus updates. Crew and the Cleveland Clinic will be hosting the first presidential debate at the Health Education Campus this upcoming Tuesday. For more information on voting, visit Cecil's voting website. Cecil will also be hosting an educational event focused on political involvement as part of their social change series. The University Health and Counseling Services are hosting four sessions this week to discuss all things related to the national atmosphere with trained counselors. Students can register on the UHCS website. Also, remember to get your flu shots at the Veal Convocation, Recreation, and Athletic Center Field Health. The remaining flu shot clinic dates are October 6 through 8 at 8:30 a.m. to noon, and October 13th through 15th at 8:30 a.m. to noon. More dates will be announced beginning in October. So this week we will be talking about mental health at case, and we would like to introduce some of our student guests. So, first we have from Crew Student Caregivers, Gopal Mandal, a first year master's student and the president and founder of Student Caregivers.
1: Hi everyone, Uh, as as Liz said, I am the uh, president and founder of Student Caregivers. We're an organization that focuses on supporting students who have loved ones with illnesses or chronic conditions. Um, So that's basically our whole spiel. We've just started this semester and we can't wait to help people.
0: Awesome! From Crew Joint Task Force, we have Emily Van Pierce, a third-year under, student undergrad, and co-chair of the mental health committee.
2: Hello, I'm Emily Van Prez. I'm a third-year nursing student. I'm the undergraduate co-chair for the mental health committee, and our mission is to reduce barriers to mental health access by educating students on mental health resources ensuring students feel comfortable reaching out for support, addressing mental health misconceptions, and facilitating the connection between students and a diverse counselor population.
0: Amazing. And from the Disability Task Force, we have Shital D. Das, a third year undergrad and co-chair of the Disability Task Force.
3: Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. I just want to start off by saying that and I, my name is Shatabdi, I'm the co-chair of the Disability Task Force, one of the seven task forces set up by admin to advocate for social change and on campus. Our mission is to improve the experience at Peru for the disabled community, to increase access to accommodations, to ensure equitable access to campus resources and infrastructures, and advocate for positive social change.
0: Awesome. And then lastly, we have Andy Gonzalez from NAMI, our very own from the Health and Wellness Council. Um, He's a fourth year undergrad and president of NAMI and Crew Unmasked um, moderator.
4: Hey everybody, Um, my name is Andy Gonzalez and I am a fourth year um, undergrad as Elizabeth pointed out. I am the president of the National Alliance on Mental Illness on campus, um, otherwise known as NAMI. Um, I am also a CWRU, uh, Unmasked moderator, um, and basically, if you don't know what NAMI is, it's um, it's a club that's dedicated to reducing the stigma around the mental illness, um, and it's kind of just more so focused on campus um, in terms of uh, membership. Um, there's also the CWRU Unmasked um, app, and that's just basically an app that's um, that goes from school to school. That allows people to post things anonymously and uh, focus on a mental health community. Um, so, yeah, and now it just came to case, and I was one of the people that helped brought it to case. So,
0: that's awesome to hear. All right, so if we all just want to go one by one and tell the students at CASE um, and faculty and anyone who might be tuning in how people can get involved with your group. Um, Gopal,
1: if you want to go first. Yeah, so as I said before, um, Student Caregivers is an organization that helps support students who have loved ones with chronic illnesses and conditions. And when I meet loved ones, it can be family members, close friends, people you know. Nonetheless, it can be difficult to maintain your caregiving responsibilities while also being a student at Case. so that's basically our mission. Um, students can get involved by joining our Zoom meetings. Um, as of now, we have bi-weekly Zoom meetings, so once every two weeks, um, on Thursdays at 7 p.m. You can check our Instagram page to see these at, ed- um, to see when these meetings happen and we include the Zoom link in the bio. But basically the meetings are just, either just support group style. So we'll have like round table discussions of like how it's been, how um, having a loved one with the illness, during COVID-19 pandemic, or how can we support each other and how can we make this student experience easier on us while also maintaining our responsibilities at home. And we also have some fun nights where we just play party games and just have a good time. I mean, the whole experience is supposed to be comforting and rewarding, but also educational to allow the whole CASE community to understand that this is the thing that students go through, things happen, people get sick, and these are, fat, these are um, obstacles that students face on campus.
0: You know, that's something that usually I don't notice is spoken about a lot. And there's a big um, disconnect between um, people who suffer from disabilities um, and their advocacy and people who have to care for them and their advocacy. So I think it's really great that you're doing this. Um, and so, Emily, how can people get involved with your group?
2: So, for all the task forces, what we were instructed to do to do first is first accept the people who applied back in July. So that's what we've been doing for the past week is recruiting all the people who applied. And um, we have another executive meeting next week, so they'll give us more information. But they said after we accept those people, they're going to send, and Shatttadi, correct me if I'm wrong, but they said they're going to send out another email to all campus and reopen applications and then have more people can apply through that. Um, And they can also reach out to the co-chairs directly.
3: Yeah, that sounds awesome. That is true. Um,
2: If you want to say your email, maybe your case ID or something. Sure, so it is if you Google for a better crew that has all of the emails and all the committees on there. Um, But my personal email to reach out to is eav37 at case.edu.
0: Awesome. And then, Shatabdi, how can people get
3: involved with your group? Okay, so uh, the Disability Task Force is also part of For a Better Crew. So if you want to join For a Better Crew, any of the task forces, that's race, Greek life, sexual misconduct, gender, mental health, disabilities, or... Wait, there's one more. Okay, there's another one. I don't remember right now. Not so fair. I'm sorry, but
0: No, you're fine. We can always include it afterwards. Um, um so
3: mm-hmm. if you want to join any of the seven task forces, just Google for a better crew and email the listed people for the respective task forces to join.
0: Awesome. And so on the topic of disability, um a lot of people this summer who were connected to um crew-related Instagram saw a huge surge in the task forces that came for disability. And how do you think that that um, that the disability task force is kind of continuing this momentum through the summer and hopefully through the rest of cases, you know, history?
3: So first, <coughs> we had meetings over the summer. To, like go over like a lot of the responses that were sent in through disability.crew and a lot of them had like various issues many of them were complaining about um, access to resources accommodations, people not recognizing and people not um people not recognizing disabilities people not giving support to those with disabilities um, through accommodations, like for instance, professors, or just people at crew in general. And the way we are now dealing with um, continuing this momentum is we're trying to organize all the student responses and trying to turn this into actionable steps for admin to make changes to many of the existing disability accommodations on campus. We're now working with a group of passionate students and some wonderful advisors to accomplish this goal. We broke up um, a lot of the um, grievances that students had about accommodations into five subcategories. And those were dietary accommodations, disability training, campus resources outreach, um, academic accommodations, and physical accommodations. So we are now working together to increase awareness and empathy for the disabled experience on campus.
0: Awesome. And so Andy, how can people get involved with NAMI?
4: So yeah, um, if you're interested in joining um, NAMI, it's, you can just uh, email us. At, at case.edu. But if you have any questions for me in particular, um, my case ID is aag89 at case.edu. Yes, there are two A's in there, so um maybe a little confused on that, but yes. Um
0: And so I also see um that NAMI is partnered with Unmasked, an app um here at Crew. So for people who haven't heard of Unmasked, what is it?
4: So Unmasked is just it was originally created by um people at Dartmouth, but then it sort of recently got sort of gaining traction in other schools. Um I know. I think that there's that they have one in Cornell, um, and other colleges as well. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but um, so then it was just brought up to me, uh, by a friend of mine, and I was, you know, I was like, you know, you can try it. And then we started uh, getting more moderators, um, to help out with that. And then it just sort of uh uh talked about. We just sort of talked about it, and then it, it just um sort of took off um and we started advertising i think like the end of the first week of school and after the first two days we had about after the first three days of advertising we was talking to other um, clubs and to help advertise it it ended up getting up around 240 different accounts um wow. so yeah uh that was you know that was a lot and as of right now it's up to around 224, I checked this morning, so.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think that's something so important, especially with this pandemic that's going on right now. So many of us have so many unvoiced concerns um, that for people who can't be directly on campus and, you know, um, really voice these uh, with everyone there, it's kind of almost like a virtual, um, like not suggestion box, but almost like a concern box um, and these are the things that I'm going through. And people have the opportunity to sort of agree and feel heard and through these um, shared experiences, really connect with each other regardless of, you know, the distance that may be separating us right now. So I think that's really great.
4: And I uh, agree. I think that, you know, a lot of things are unheard on campus and uh, unmessage is sort of a way for people to post all their frustrations out, whether it be um, some sort of individual thing, uh, my own personal problem, or just um, something uh, an issue on topic, or sorry, an issue in general that's happening on campus. Um, and it's also an app where people can directly message each other as well. Um, so you know, they some sort of like relationships can be formed, um, or friendships can be formed uh, on there. Um, and it's nice because it's a mental health community, so everybody comes into the community understanding that it's focused on mental health and I haven't even, we haven't even received like a single report, um, the moderators, moderators haven't even uh, gotten a single report as to uh, what's happening on the app, whether somebody was violating the mental health community guidelines or whatever, you know, um, so it's nice to know that people are uh, going along with these mental health community guidelines.
0: Yeah love that. that's awesome. So now that the listeners have kind of, you know, acquainted themselves with all of you guys, um, I really want to get into, you know, mental health, which is what we're all here to talk about today. So obviously throughout history, um, you know, <laughs> or nationally, we've had very um, wild ride, I guess, with the concept of mental health from, you know, it being completely um, looked down upon to voice our concerns with how we're feeling to, you know, being outcasted, you know, slowly but surely within the past couple of decades, there's kind of been, especially with our generation, um, more of a voice and more of a normalcy around mental health, which is, you know, amazing, but there's
3: always um, room to go.
0: So how do you guys think that it's changed over the years?
3: I feel like in recent years with many celebrities and many of us popular figures in our culture talking about mental health it's definitely become a lot less stigmatized and we've had many many advances in research that have allowed us to understand like the different forces driving mental health whether it's like um, therapy or medication like our knowledge has increased so much I
0: definitely
1: agree with that. Also to add on that, um, with the celebrities, I've seen that like there's a rise in songs that like focus specifically on mental health, whether it's some sort of like condition people feel, or even like some artists having almost a whole playlist that's dedicated towards mental health. And personally, like I like music so I think that's a great way, um, to spread the message and to destigmatize mental health.
4: You know, I was actually watching, I watched a YouTube video on something like this. And, you know, obviously online videos aren't the most credible, but and I, can, I think I can not trust the channel. But anyways, um, it was something around the times of the 1800s where some a, um, a term was coined um, neurostemia. It was basically, basically like uh, expressing symptoms of stress. Um, this was termed nurse neurasthenia. Um, and then it came to the point where, into the 1900s, it was good to have neurasthenia because it would show that you are a productive member of society. And it just comes to show, like, you know, now that we have come far more advanced into research and such, uh, it's more, mental um, illness is seen more as mental health is or sorry, stress is seen more as a um deleterious thing that's uh deleterious to our health. And and I'm I'm happy for that and I'm also happy you know happy that we um noticed that and also happy that it's being more and more talked about uh as of recently as of um modern times. Um yeah. Yeah. Um
3: it- mm-hmm. oh sorry. To add on that, I would say like in addition, our research has like expanded to include more people of various like subgroups in like different races and different genders and different health conditions, disabilities, all sorts of subgroups. And I think that has only added to our ability to understand mental health from a lot of various perspectives.
0: Right, because it's very difficult to kind of find out how, um, you know, culture can affect mental health a lot of the time. So if you're only, you know, focusing on one um, specific group of people, you don't have those added um, effects of how culture can affect, how upbringing can affect, and how those different roles, in um, um, you know, age roles can all affect. So yeah, that's a very good point. Um, so. At Case, we have a very, I feel like, difficult relationship with mental health, because one of the things I've noticed a lot about Culture At Case is that it's very, very competitive, um, and it's very centralized on normalcy, and I think it's very interesting to see how mental health can have a relationship with that, because, um, you know, as people who really prioritize productivity and who's getting the most internships and who's getting the most co-ops and the best grades. And, Oh, I have a 4.12 GPA, you know, how does that affect how we see ourselves um, as students and as, you know, members of society, because it's very difficult kind of to compare yourself and then also be focused on what you're dealing with alone.
1: I feel like there's this culture, as you said, that people, pretend that they are perfectly okay or that they are the top of their game. I think K students are very good at showing that, but not really feeling that inside. It's always good to be on top of your game and that's the goal, but we also have to realize that it's a process like to be from like point A to point B, like we're still growing. We're not expected to be full fledged adults who have our entire lives together. By the time we start case. So we're growing from like freshman year onto senior year. And I think like, like students are more likely to like express what they're feeling really to their friends, but like kind of just getting a whole culture of like, you know, like things happen, life happens, and it's okay that we're going through this. But at the same time, we want to make sure that this is a work in progress and we're trying to make be- our, ourselves better and our community better. So I think that's like that's a mindset that I've seen grown over time. But I think starting, it just felt like we have to show everyone that we are on top of our game, which may not be true.
3: Exactly. Um what do you think are is the like the what do you think are some things that we can do to like change our case culture of extreme competitiveness
1: I think having like more campus wide events to like just establish that like the concerns that people have the the feelings people have and just make that more normal I guess like it is normal like it under, like helping people understand that it's okay to feel like this um something you just campus wide events or anything like this. I think this podcast would also help with that too, because it's we're talking about mental health and we're making it accessible and open to talk about. So this is also good too.
0: Right. And another thing um that's really important to realize is that culture is something that as you know, a university community has been built up over years and you know, this kind of stigma around not being at your A-game, is something that's been around long before, you know, any of us have been at this school. And so it's something that has to be worked to dismantle, not only, you know, um, all at once by trying to address everybody, but individual, on an an individual basis. So, you know, everybody um, has to, you know, just kind of sit down with themselves and think, how am I adding to this? And with their own personal relationships and with other students, every time that you think you're about to be, you know, comparing yourself or saying something that might not be entirely true about how you're doing, maybe working on being a little more vulnerable and transparent about, you know, these are my struggles and it's okay if you have them too.
4: Yeah, I think um, just changing the culture, I don't know, it can be a very difficult task Um, because the way how I see it that there are, in terms of case, that there are three tiers that are kind of I want to put blame at is first like is the individual, um or not put blame at, but uh something that needs to change. Um first there's the individual in the sense where they need to um just realize this, and just not uh, be so uh dedicated to having so much of their effort directed towards um resume building and such. Then there's also I've you know, I've kinda had this conversation with like other um, people too. And they also were talking about how cases almost feeding into that culture by like asking questions like, what have you done over the summer? Because when they have to answer that, they it makes people feel that they had to have something done over the summer, something grand, um, like an internship at Harvard or something like that, you know? And then there's also just society in general, because, you know, I talked about how in the 1900s that people felt like being stressed and having like physical symptoms of stress was just a good thing because it showed that you were a productive member of society. Um, But to me, I I feel like that's kind of still going on today um, just with how dedicated people are to getting um, straight A's and or a high GPA um, within the education system. So, there's a lot to like a culture that needs to be changed
0: um yeah i definitely agree those are all really great points um so you know a lot of things go into mental health including social aspects academic factors um and so through the Unmatched app, we got a lot of student perspectives on how these things can affect them and a lot of the um a lot of students voiced that Students have less access to therapy, um, along with lots of new patients seeking care. So, because of that, you know the volume of students that are actually getting their problems addressed isn't as high as it should be. Um, and I personally am an advocate of even if you think that you're perfectly fine, you don't have mental health issues, I still think you should go see therapy um, or go to therapy because. You know, it's something that can help everybody and there are a lot of underlying things that people don't realize can affect them day to day. Um, but you know, because of the system sometimes that's in place, it's not as easy for people to go um see a counselor sometimes at the University Health and Counseling Services. So what are your guys' perspectives on
3: that? Um, so my perspective personally is that there is currently some things being done to address this issue. Like for instance, counseling services does, I know that they do, Emily corrected me if I'm wrong, but they have a, they connect you to resources if you set up an appointment with them. But I think a lot of students right now are unaware of this resource that um, case counseling is doing to connect students to resources in their community. And I think that's one thing we should focus on is um finding local resources
2: for our students yeah one of the initiatives we had in the mental health committee is not only helping on-campus students but also off-campus students and compiling a list of student of resources that they can access while they're at home because we don't want them to be left out just because they're not on campus um and as far as like UCS has not done the best job with communication in my opinion where there are so many things that students just don't know so we also talked about improving that making that easier to understand and also some students know exactly what UCS has to offer but because maybe they have anxiety maybe they're not comfortable making a phone call and that's why part of the reason why they want to go to counseling so we were talking about like getting a sheet that says what you can expect at that first session. Like you don't need to be at your breaking point to go to UCS, you can just be having a bad day or maybe you wanna prevent yourself from having a problem in the future. So we're working a lot towards easing the burden and helping students who don't really know much or know a lot but have anxiety so that they feel better about that.
0: I really think that's a great point because as you said, a lot of people have this impression that you have to be um you know at a very advanced or severe stage of having, you know, um a mental illness to think that you deserve validation and that's absolutely not true. People at all stages of any mental illness, you know, deserve that attention, deserve that care to prevent it from getting any worse. Um so yeah, I think that's very important to realize. For anybody out there that might be um struggling but feel like you know oh well people have it worse Um, because that's another thing that i do realize that there is a lot um, of that case is that people kind of undermine their own um situations because they always say oh well i know someone else might have it worse but that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't deserve to you know have your problems addressed
3: yeah another point that i want to bring up is like how physical disabilities can also have an impact on your mental health. I think that's something that people a lot of times don't um, don't remember or they don't remember to talk about it that um, physical disabilities can also impact your mental health as well as um, a lot of our mental disabilities can and physical disabilities can sometimes be like not very visible to people And so getting help is definitely very important.
0: Absolutely. Um, And so with this summer in particular, I know that, you know, since all of these, you know, concerns have been, you know, taking a very big voice, um, there's a lot of pressure um, for case to, you know, respond adequately and sometimes seeing that, you know, the response can maybe falter a little bit or not be as, you know, um, adequate as we expected, um, it can affect a lot of people's mental health. I know that I personally, um, seeing just how much, you know, how many negative experience, experiences can happen, you know, on my own campus made me think, you know, is there any way that I'm contributing to this or have I been affected by these things and not even realized because it's just something that's so overlooked. And so how do you guys think that, um kind of this new uh, voice for all of these concerns can kind of equally affect um, people.
3: Um, For me personally, I was a little bit shocked at first to see like how widespread these problems were on our campus, but I think it's really great that we now have a platform to like talk about it and take action and basically prevent future students from having to go through a lot of the issues that we're seeing on campus right now. So I think it's great that we're like mobilizing, that we have this opportunity to mobilize all these students from various backgrounds to work together with administration.
0: Absolutely. And apart from that, even just the feeling of, you know, being heard and thinking, well, I'm not the only one who's going through this and there's people that I can reach out to with the same experiences as me.
4: When I first, uh, I was very um, like (laughs) isolated during the summer Um, so I it was really late for me when I actually uh, heard about all this sort of stuff happening Um, plus I'm not an Instagram uh, person as well so I'm pretty far away from it but um, once I started hearing about these things uh, I was like wow I can't believe that these things are actually happening on campus Um, and I was just surprised on how like how often these things were happening as well and you heard um, about all these stories and I was just completely shocked and you know it helps and you know I can't imagine that it was easy for everybody to bring out their stories as well Um, but in doing so that it helped to bring out the issues that was brought out on campus so then action can be taken place. So, and I'm, and that's I'm happy that the issue is being addressed. In Some fashion.
0: And you know, it's you, like you said, it's important for people to you know hear these things, even if it might be you know sometimes overwhelming because this is you know reality for a lot of people. Um, and so <laughs> moving on, kind of, if you know, with all of these things, mental health had already taken a toll then there's COVID, just to add to all of that. And so with COVID, you know, a really big part of mental health is, um, you know, kind of related to social wellness in a way, um, which we touched on on our podcast last week. Um, COVID um, kind of hit t- took a hard hit on people who, you know, really strive in situations where there's other people. And um people who depend on you know social interaction for their mental health so how have you guys noticed um covid having a uh, a kind of effect on mental health
4: i've seen um just people feeling more socially isolated and uh, lonely and you know um there are some students who were able to come on campus and then there were the, 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 uh, some people who just could not. Uh, and, and sometimes, uh, I've or sorry, from what I've seen is that people on campus may be posting uh, pictures of the of themselves, um, and, like having fun on campus and whatever with you know with the friends, and that sort of uh, reaches out to the people off campus and it kind of sets up this idea that you know on campus is like. Heaven and that uh, we're all having nothing but good times, and we're just um not worried about our masks and such as well, and when it comes to like you know kind of how we talked about how it brings out like that we're only showing our good sides um it's kind of is making the uh off campus feeling more conscious about uh being on campus or sorry being off campus New that's what I've seen.
0: You know, I'm really glad you bring that up because even um, as a mental health issue, it also presents itself kind of as a class issue because, you know, a lot of students that, you know, don't have the exemption of housing, um, you know, like people who are nursing students who were allowed um, to have housing, people who are graduating, freshmen, You know, all guaranteed housing. Anybody else who doesn't have that guaranteed, you know, most people who are on campus right now have their own apartments or and they're paying rent for students that for students who that's not an option you know that kind of makes them more conscious of the fact that wow you know I can't afford to have rent and because of that I have to stay home and also bringing up that aspect so that can really be damaging in a lot of ways.
1: I think also oh sorry um I think also another thing to bring up is like the academic stress that COVID has added I'm sure you guys remember last semester like midway through the semester, we all had to transition so abruptly um, to the semester. And although this, like, new semester, this fall 2020 semester, we've had some time to adjust to it, it's still difficult because now, like, for most of us, most of, mo- most of our classes are completely virtual. Maybe some of you guys have in-person classes. But even with that, I've seen difficulties in making communi- um, communities outside of, like, within classes, like making friends within classes that you may not know of. Um, relying on email, relying on DMs, relying on these things and not knowing if they saw it, that can definitely bring a lot of stress. Um, But I think as kind of people, they talk about mental health is that putting a positive mindset, or at least a mindset of a solving mindset, just saying that here's the problem, that this is a problem we can't control, um, COVID, and many people are outside of campus, many people are on campus, Um, But basically what we have to do is we just have to come up with the best way possible that we can interact with people as we can, but also do our best in our classes and hope for the best. So that's kind of the mentality that I've used. But I definitely like would prefer on-campus classes. Like everything goes back to normal, but at the moment we can't have that. So we just have to work our best to put the effort to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves and also doing well in school and other things.
0: Right. And how you bring up that um social aspect of classes really reminds me of the fact that, you know, one of the most important things of mental health is having a support system and people that you can talk to. And with that comes, you know, the responsibility on, you know, people on the receiving end of that of being a good listener. And one of the things that I really notice when I'm, you know, listening to somebody or speaking to somebody and they're listening to is remembering the fact that you know some people just need to speak to someone they don't always speak to somebody in hopes for a response with you know here's how you can fix your life or this is what you're doing wrong you know it's it's important to realize a lot of the time that people just need to sometimes vent and don't always aren't always looking for a solution immediately so yeah i think it's really important to remember all of that
4: i think it's also what is the word um I think it's also important to realize, you know, obviously that COVID isn't any case students' fault or um, like anybody's fault really, but I still think like that the uh, students should uh, still take action uh, to help the mental health um, around the students. Um, I mean, you know, this kind of goes back to the therapy, um, or less access to uh, therapy and uh, such. Um, you know, obviously we can't. That sorry, there aren't um. Uh, sorry, that counseling Services doesn't have um, as many counselor, counselor, counselors as in demand, but we can also make the experience um, before, or uh, waiting for a counselor to make it more, um, what is the word, comfortable. Um, and I think in the, uh, the way to do that is by being able to talk about our mental health, being able to talk about our own struggles and to be there for one another and yeah I just that was just my thoughts.
0: Yeah I definitely agree it's very important to keep all of that in mind. So how do you all recommend you know in terms of mental health um, good and healthy ways to cope?
3: I would say for me uh, and for many others it's been a hard time adjusting because we have to find new ways of like coping with stress and that could look different for everybody but I guess it depends on how you best handle stress and what helps you handle stress so that could be like painting or talking to someone or like petting a cat or exercising or anything that you know works for you right it's very
0: important just to remember that it's not all one size fits all you know something that someone recommends might not work for you. And that doesn't necessarily mean that there's something, you know, wrong with you or you're, that you're executing it incorrectly. But you know, everybody has a different way of um, believing those stresses and finding ways to deal with different um, mental health issues. So yeah.
1: I think another thing is to not re- to attend to your mental health for sure. I feel like sometimes when we're really busy on campus doing this club, that club, I'm studying for this test and hanging out with all these friends. We tend to ignore our mental health. Um, I think one thing about this COVID pandemic is that we've, um, through social distancing, we've gotten that time to actually sit down and think about those problems that we may have just pushed aside or hope they go away. Or if we do this, it'll go away. So definitely doing that. And kind of what Shatabdi said, like having hobbies, for me, personally, it was super important for stress relief. Um, also, talking to people and having friends is also a great thing, um, but hobbies are super important.
0: Right, and like you're saying, we all have, you know, this time in quarantine to kind of reflect, but I can think of so many ways where, you know, that can also be counterproductive because for a lot of people, it can be triggering to be alone with their thoughts. So, are there any recommendations for people who might be remote or simply don't have that outlet of social interaction or hobbies necessarily, how can they cope when, you know, just sitting alone and having, you know, these thoughts eating away at them?
3: Well, one thing that I know that definitely works for me is, like, uh, when you're getting into a negative spiral where your thoughts are, like, going in circles and circles and just sitting there in your room alone thinking all these negative thoughts, it might be best to like just stop what you're doing and maybe try a diversion tactic, like maybe taking a shower or something. Because I know like it's so physical, but it feels really good and like it uplifts your mood or um, talking to someone, just changing up your routine. I would suggest that.
4: Yeah. Um. One thing that I would like to say is that I think you know sort of going on going off of uh Gopal's point is that we are just like constantly like working um to get A's and to resume building and such that we don't take the time for our own mental health. And I think to counteract that we can take like thirty minute walks uh just throughout um the day. And um, this exercise as well, um, that also helps. And also think that it helps to have a plan, not just say, okay, I'm just going to do three, a minute walk tomorrow. And actually just make the time or set up a time as to what time you're actually going to take the walk. Um, I think that. And also, I kind of think that it, coping with stress can be, um what is the word? Uh can be directed in two ways. There is directing at the cause of the stress and directing uh not at the cause of the stress. So so when I mean uh directing at the cause of the stress, I am talking about looking at what exactly caused you to feel stressed out in the first place. And for a lot of students on campus, it might or a lot of students in general, it might be just trying to get A's or trying to um, do well in the class. And I think to direct that uh, can be a form of, or can be like learning how to study better or something like that, or talking with your professor and telling them, like I got too too much on my plate. Is there something else that I can do uh, to, uh, to help myself get a better grade or something like that? Then There's also not directed at the cause, which is more towards like exercising. Um, I know people have suggested like essential oils as well, um, yoga, meditation. Um, there's that, but I also think that it helps to have a certain mindset as well. And when I, uh, when I have come across something that's like really challenging to me and it really feels like impossible, I tell myself, okay, well. Andy, can you punch a brick wall and break it uh, with, uh, you know, one single punch? And, you know, my answer would be, no, I can't. Um, You know, I don't have, like, that sort of physical ability, and I don't – and I'm not sure if I – any human can do that, but whatever. Um, (laughs) So it's almost like life is asking me, Andy, break that wall. Break that brick wall with your own fist in one punch. And, you know – and I can't, yeah, it's impossible. So it's like I've been coming across a situation where life is telling me to complete this impossible task. But the thing is that life isn't asking you to punch a brick wall uh, with one punch. It's asking for more realistic things, like um, something like to do, you have an exam to com- uh, coming up, you have two papers to write, um, and you got to apply for med school all in one week. Like, you know, I can't do that, you know? Um, <laughs> Sorry. So it helps me to realize that this is not impossible, but just do your best. And because you can't do beyond your best. Um, that's just a mindset that I have come to, that has helped me out. Um, and another one is that, that I just make myself laugh a lot of the time. <laughs> um I, I when I'm to myself even when i'm to, um to myself I'm just talking to myself like and making jokes about myself and I'm like up at one in the morning uh and just realized I have a um an exam the next day and i'm like and i'm uh you know trying to study for it and I'm thinking well, and I'm talking to myself and I'm like, well, let's see how your boy uh comes out of this one <laughs> and, right. you know and I'm just constantly like making jokes to myself um and that helped has helped me cope with a lot of the stresses going on uh, from uh, here COVID and just in general as well.
0: Right. Kind of making um, those problems that can kind of blow up in your head and seem so huge kind of bringing them down a little bit and realize that, you know, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't go right. Right. And I really, I think it's interesting that you bring up, um, you know, the direction of um, addressing things by the cause or not by the cause because cause you know, such a huge part of mental health is that there are illnesses that don't necessarily have a cause. And so people can, you know, be feeling amazing with their workload and feel like they have it all. I mean, oh, okay, I'm on campus, I feel great, you know. I have an amazing support system. Why do I still feel like I can't, you know, succeed? Why do I still feel like I don't wanna wake up one in the morning? Why do I not have the motivation to get through my day? And so, like you said, those um, sort of coping mechanisms that don't necessarily um, relate to a cause are really important, too, because sometimes, you know, it might be something more um, mental chemistry-based, you know? It's not something that you can always, in your personal life, um, uh, fix, necessarily. It's not sort of like, oh, it's a symptom of something that you have going on, but... Uh, that's why therapy again is so important. It's, you know, dismantling um a lot of the ways that uh you might have programmed your way um yourself to think. Um and sometimes medication is involved and that's totally fine too. It's also, you know, um a way to fix things um when prescribed. So yeah, I think that's all very important. So what resources do you think um are great to recommend to students who are listening or anybody listening right
4: now. So I didn't really um, put this on um, into the form to, that I submitted uh, for the um, and so organizations that we're affiliated with but I'm also a volunteer at the Crisis Text Line and I think that this one resource has been really helping people out um, so I'm gonna recommend it uh, to see if it helps for uh, you, the viewers. Um, it's called the Tribal Wellness Community. And basically, it's a website that you can go to. And it's a place where you can talk to other people about specific um, issues. Um, they got these things called tribes. I think there's an LGBT tribe, a depression tribe, and anxiety tribe. And you can talk with others that have had similar issues uh, with uh, those certain tribes. Um, So I think that may help.
0: Is there anything else that you guys can
4: recommend? I guess I can say unmasked too. Um, You know, just put a little plug-in in in there. But uh, it's. I feel like that a lot of people have been uh, gaining some sort of relief from others and just the other day we got um when you uh give us feedback it's sent to, like, straight to the f- uh, founder uh who is in Dartmouth and he, uh just the other day we got an email back about how somebody <coughs> somebody was able to like express themselves uh what well, no sorry um that they just felt so happy with like Unmask and uh the service that it provides you know with the being able to post things anonymously and but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important to discharge feelings a lot of the time because when, you know, these issues and these stressful situations are living in your head, sometimes it can be amplified and as soon as you kind of bring that off of your chest it seems smaller and smaller and smaller when you talk about it more and more and you realize that other people are going through the same thing. So yeah, it's really important.
4: Another thing that I would uh, recommend is the CWRU Reach Out app, which is an app created by um, University Health and Counseling Services that gives resources and ways how to cope with stress. Um, So yeah, try that too.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well I had an amazing time. I really value this conversation that we had and I think it's a conversation that you know students all over case everybody around the world should be having because, you know, it's all about breaking down the stigma of mental health and realizing that we all, um, we all have our own personal battles and that the more that we talk about them, the less big they become sometimes. So thank you all so much for all of your input and all of the amazing answers that you provided. I would just want to say if you guys want to um, plug any different, um, if you guys want to plug any um, event that you're having or anything that's going on in the next week or so that you guys want to bring attention to, the floor is yours.
1: Um, Sure, I guess I can go. For student caregivers, our next meeting is going to be Thursday, October 8th at 7 p.m. Um, this will be a nice meeting where you can just join our zoom call at seven. We'll have the zoom link in the, um, crew student caregivers, Instagram, that's tagged to the promo post. Um, it'll just be a fun time. We can just get together and talk about what's going on in any ways that we can support each other. Um, and yeah, so hope to see you guys there.
0: Awesome. So well, if that if that's everything. Um, please make sure to head to your favorite podcast platform to listen to last week's podcast on social wellness, and also be sure to tune in for next week's podcast on stress and midterms. Um, again, thank you so much, everybody, for being here today. Um, you know, it's it's really important that we all talk about this. So, have an amazing rest of your week, um, and yeah, thank you so much for being here.
4: Thank you.